Cause we got the alternative energy Unnecular free autonomy And welcome to the Radioactive Show Produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne And heard nationally on the Community Radio Network Strong grandmothers of the Central Desert region Are a group of sovereign grandmothers Who are advocating for the respect of Aboriginal law and kinship systems to keep families together and are challenging the industry that profiles profit off the backs of Aboriginal people. The grandmothers call for an end to ongoing stolen generations and incarceration of children. Kids need to be out on country with community, not in custody. Hello, this is the Radioactive Show, produced on the land of the Wurundjeri people in Nam, otherwise known as Melbourne. I'm Emma Crunch. You've just heard Aranda grandmother, Pamela Lynch, introducing a group she is a part of, the Strong Grandmothers of the Central Desert Region. I was lucky enough to hear and record the Strong Grandmothers speaking to the Students of Sustainability Conference, which was held in early July by the junction of the Mary Creek and the Yarra River in Nam, otherwise known as Melbourne. Six members of the Strong Grandmothers of the Central Desert Region travelled all the way from Mbantua on Aranda Country, which is otherwise known as Alice Springs, to share their stories. Making the journey were Pamela Ngawe Lynch, Doreen Nangala Carol McCormack, Elaine Ngawe Peckham, Christine Ngawe Palmer, Sabella Ngawe Ross Turner and Veronica Ngawe Lynch. The forum covered many overlapping and cross-generational issues of the Central Desert region and the NT, including the intervention, racist policing and the removal of children from families by welfare. It was heartfelt, sombre and hopeful, with all grandmothers offering some wise words. I couldn't include the whole forum in today's show, but would like to thank all the strong grandmothers for sharing their stories at SOS. We'll now return to Pamela Ngawe Lynch, describing the work of the Strong Grandmothers Group. Following is an introduction from Christine Nawe Palmer. The Strong Grandmothers Group of the Central Desert Region have formed over a very long time, as each grandmother has been concerned for and advocating for their own grandchildren against a racist justice system and police brutality. The grandmother saw there would never be any justice unless they fought hard for it and have been attending meetings with many different groups such as IRAG and IRAG is Intervention Rollback Action Group and Stolen Generation for years. The formation of the strong grandmothers of the Central Desert Region has arisen out of this need to fight for justice. In July 2016, the Four Corners Report, I'm not sure if all of you saw it, Australia's Shame, revealed what many of the grandmothers already knew, the government was torturing and abusing children and young people in the Northern Territory's youth prison without consequence. This expose brought many new supporters to the cause. My name is Christine Wade Palmer. I'm an Aranda woman through my dad and also a Katie woman through my mother and grandmother. The Aranda tribe is in and around Alice Springs region and Katie's tribe is approximately three hours north of Alice Springs. I have three adult children, two good-looking sons and a very beautiful young lady. Between the three, I have 14 grandchildren. 
they all have their own style and characteristics and what I hear from them brings so much joy and happiness because they speak positively and very assertive in their storytelling and I hear stories of my parents and grandparents um, teachings that come through as well. I'm showing this because I do give credit to my children for their ongoing love, support and positive guidance to their children. As a strong advocate with over 30 years experience working in a broad scope of government and non-government social services across Alice Springs, plus working in the remote communities, I'm aware of the injustice that occurs and still occurring. I have played a critical and pioneering role in supporting various therapeutic projects and created initiatives, trained in advanced family mediation, loss and grief and trauma. Having narrative training is so powerful and having that knowledge assists the storyteller to move through their stories to a, de a different level, sorting out their life through the history of their journey on whys and where to from here for themselves. I love watching the positive growth, even through tears. I tell you, it's all worth it and to watch them thrive. I have the background in working with large families with complex family dynamics, a great knowledge of working as bringing them home counsellor, linking up families of the stolen generation. For the both family linking up for the first time, the anxiety is running high and to manage all involved, a great team is guaranteed. As working within the Northern Territory welfare system, I had always managed to keep a balance of the statutory work and the Aboriginal way of doing things. And I made sure they were put in, in, in the casework where both systems were complemented with that balance. Trust, honest and respect were the key of making my workload successful in no matter what role I had been working in. The growth, the empowerment of my clients was always left in their hands to make the positive changes for themselves and families Plus, I've always been around to support them and ready to pick up their stories where they had left off. So when choosing a career, you have to work professionally and to take in your stride the importance, confidentiality of working with family members that can be complex as well. Like working in the welfare area and to conduct and carry out child protection and do investigations with a team of experts, you have to be ready. My voice was the children's voice that came out strongly and I made sure they were protected at all times. I was later a member of the Alice Springs Child Protection Board and it was fair to throw back cases to explore the paternal and maternal side of the extended families in order to, for the children to be placed not only in the safe environment but to be able to watch out where the child can thrive within the kinship system that we as grandmother would like to put our children. My time um, is up now. So in closing, I have and always be a strong advocate for those who have been affected within the Northern Territory judicial system. When I hear a child's cry, I will make sure their voice is heard and I will continue to encourage and empower others. Stay strong and believe what's right for you. Thank you. That was Christine Nawe Palmer, an Aranda grandmother, speaking to a forum at SOS. We now hear from cultural educator and another of the strong grandmothers, Sabella Nawe Turner, followed by Western Aranda and Luritja grandmother, Doreen Nungala Carroll, 
about why they became active with the group. These are confronting stories and there is understandably some harsh language in the speeches. If you're concerned, tune out now. Yeah, it's Sabella Mwarei. Um, I'd just like to talk about my experience when I first um, think because I'm a cultural educator and I enjoy it. I'm a cultural broker. I work with people like you mob and my mob to get the right communication across to people. Once a, one time ago, there was an incident. It happened with the um, servant to protect people. And uh, there was my grandson involved in an accident one time in Alice Springs. And these children, they'd walk around in their ancestors' country. Because Alice Springs, I connect through Alice Springs to my grandmother and her father. My mother, my grandmother, her mother and her father. I have strong connections with Alice Springs. Anyway, that, um, that evening there was a police chase and there was five kids in the car. And those, one of those kids was my grandson. He was only about 14, 13 I think, and he's 17 now. Anyway, I, I heard about all these people talking, you know, some kids got chased by policemen and they rode. And guess, them bastards, they left those children in the car and that car was turned over, the wheels was facing the sky and those kids was left there to die. And one of the, the drivers said to that other bloke, oh, we'll get the hell out of here. You know, the, the driver didn't want to have nothing to do with those kids, even though they was bleeding. My grandson, he had um, um, uh, uh, the toe, the end of the foot toe, he was um, fractured. And there was another little one that um, got the head scar open. And there was another little one that got hurt his back. And I tried looking for the end. When I heard that my grandson was involved, I got really angry, but I controlled myself. And again, I was looking around for these parents, for the children, and, you know, talking to these grandmothers. You know, what are we going to do about this? You know, this has gone too far. And I sort of felt angry, and I said, well, I'm, I'm going to go ahead with this. So I come along one time, and I joined... Um, the Iraq uh, and the shut youth prison people, because I asked around in the communities. I asked uh, one of my, one of the family, Bob Shaw. Hey, Bob, can you help me? Because this thing is bothering me. You know, there's nobody talking about our children. It's been happening for a long time. You know, and it's got to stop. Anyway, Bob said, "Oh, we have our meetings every." every fortnight Wednesday nights at the Bachelor Annex. So I said to my daughter, the mother of the grandson, I said, Mean you gotta go, eh? We'll go and see if what we can do. So what happened was we went in there and we spoke about it and then we all started writing letters. I need support in writing letters because 
I'm just learning myself to write letters and reports and that minute taking. And the next minute we send all those things, email it to the top mob. So we emailed it and um, police commissioner come about after two weeks time we got a uh, one of the ladies called me and said, oh, we've got a police commissioner here when she's, he's replied to your letter. So we had a meeting and um, he said that he was supposed to deal with the matter and he hasn't got back to me yet. What? From long time ago, I'm still waiting for that report. I just want to see, find out if justice was done for my grandchild. We are still traumatised by this experience, you know, what I've had as a grandmother, you know, first time, I'm 60 year old now, and I've never felt this way before. But now, for the love of our children, you know, my grandmother passing, me, passing down to me our responsibilities for our children, never mind where they come from, all children are one. And few in future, I'd love to see a lot of you mob go in that lawyer section and the, you know serve and protect, which they don't. A lot of people, a lot of students, like our mob too, have to study all this. You know, become lawyers, anthropologists, justice, you know, JPs, so we can work in both both ways, two-way learning. This is very important. We have to get together and make this. Australia a better place to live in, not criticise our children and degrade them because they are our, our, our future. And after this I started talking to people around, like grandmothers here now, you know, you've got to come with because I'm on my own talking, but I need more grandmothers to come and support me. So we have, we, I'll just let the other um, let grandma's sisters talk about it. And then from then on, I'm still waiting for that police, uh, police commission. It's a new one. I think that's the third one that was in that position. I'm still waiting because I'm going to go back and write a letter again to the now pr Prime Minister, uh, not Prime Minister, um, Chief Minister, and ex ask him if he can follow it up for me because it's everything's not gone yet it's still ongoing it's I'm still being forced by my grandmother to chase this up and get it finalized and see if justice was done Alice Springs there is no justice done if an indigenous person get hurt thank you I just like to explain one little thing. The picture in the front here, uh, you probably can see me, but the little one, in the, that's my great great grandchild, uh, grandchild. Her name is Rita. Uh, my mother was murdered in Alice Springs um, when, when she was an 18. So I tried to call my daughter named Rita, and the father said no, because she passed away and three times. But my granddaughter, uh, five months ago, she had the baby. She said, Nana, I will call my baby Rita. So we have Rita there. She has blue eyes and, um, you know, people, we talk about the Aboriginal, well, she's a, she's a Lurija, Arunda, Western, Eastern, and Majara, and Khadija. 
So she's got a lot of language when she was teaching her, yeah, plus English, of course. Yeah, because her dad's uh, um, English and uh, my granddaughter, uh, she's uh, her dad's dark, you know, like my, myself, but the kids, uh, her grandfather's white, so I don't teach my children for, I teach my kids to respect everybody, whether it's black, friend, or white, or whatever, you know, I always did that from day one. So they grew up with the respect of people and respecting people. We grew, I grew up at Bush in the middle of nowhere, learned to speak English at about 16, learned to read and write, and uh, we lived on uh, Bush Tucker, I'm just ration, and uh, honestly when I tell my kids we slept on the floor for all them years with a swag, no uh, mattress, no bed, and the fire was lit every morning outside, so my grandparents cooked outside for many, many, many years. Yeah, you know, uh, I mean, they're surviving and people, and we enjoyed the life living like that. And nobody was sick, nobody got stressed, nobody had money. So that didn't bother us because we were happy kids. So I tell my kids all the time, don't cry for money. Don't do this. You know, take advantage of the day today. Live for today and tomorrow you can do another, another day. But, you know, when people ask for money, well, you got, we got no money. But we, money, we get money from pension, so we survive on that and we look after each other. You know, we share money. If you, if you want $20, I'll give you $20. Because my payday will be on Friday, so I'll get it on every Friday. <laughs> so, you know, a couple of dollars is running $200 or whatever. But we share it. And this is what we share with all the children, with grandparents, for all the kids. All of these girls here, my, uh, my cousins and sisters, we're all from my auntie's daughter, my um, auntie's daughter, my um, auntie, my, like, mummy for these two girls, these two sisters. Their mother's my mother too because of our, our, our parents' skin name, and uh, that's what we go on, don't we, all of us? Yeah, we're all sisters, yeah, yeah, dreaming. And I'm a, I'm a caterpillar dreaming too, and emu, and we follow that story. The caterpillar that um, Sister Elan was talking about is Yebrinya. It came all the way from uh, Western Australia, from the Kendor place it started from, so that comes and breaks up everywhere. So everybody got the same dreaming, and uh, if I went and done a painting of a, uh, um, email or, or a printy or something, you have to answer for that. You're not allowed to do anybody dreaming, you're not allowed to do any painting with that acknowledgement of that country. So I can't do just anything. I have to say, well, I'm doing this because I can act, I can answer for this painting. So we don't just do painting and sell it because we get into big trouble. So, you know, that's the story of my life kind of thing. But we're here for children that we are experiencing in Alice Springs now, a lot of it which is a problem of the police, and children get taken away, and, you know, that's really kid kidnapping children. All well, my kids are safe, you know, like I mean, I was there for them, everybody should be there, but this is a different generation too in Alice Springs, you know, where people got more access to s some other substances, you know, like drinking maybe, drugs maybe, but we need to help them, that's what we say. Don't take kids away from their parents or their grandparents. Return them and ask them why are they having these problems, you know? Instead of taking them to the court, and from the court to the welfare, takes them and put them in a different arm. I mean, we don't go around kidnapping uh, European children and put them in an Aboriginal group, you know, what the, the, what the hell's going on here? But uh, we're trying to say, take the kids' arm to the parents. Instead of from there to the court, as the court has to, to the, the, um, uh, the carers, uh, you know, where they can care for them while they're waiting in court, and from there, they go to the d detention centre. And eventually get to the big jail, you know, this problem, problem, problem. Stop it right there and take a moment, find it well. And there is people get in trouble. The kids do get in trouble. We're not, uh, we're not trying to cover up for those uh, problems, but try and find out where they are 
we'll start and we'll end the kind of stuff, you know? So that's why we're here to talk about the children too, which is our main important thing at the moment. Yeah, thank you. Doreen Nungala Carol McCormack and before her, Sibella Nawe Turner, both strong grandmothers who keep fighting against the injustices they experience in the central desert. In 2007, the Northern Territory was put under the intervention. Over 10 years on, let's hear from another strong grandmother, Aranda woman, Elaine Naraway Peckham, about her many struggles for justice. The intervention. It is now going on 11 years of the intervention. I myself, a mother and a grand grandmother and a great-grandmother. I just turned 70 last year and I have been speaking up for the intervention because, against the intervention, because I was living on my homeland at the time, the intervention rolled in and I was, we were told that, um, that we were under the intervention. None of us knew what the intervention was. None of us heard of the intervention at the time. So, looking at that, and uh, I came into town one day and my son said to me, Mum, you better go down to Satterlink and check out your, your payments because I'm on a disability pension. And I said, what for? You know, I'm doing the right thing. I'm paying my rent and I'm paying for the water. We had to get water carted in from our, in Alice Springs and living on, out on my homeland on the West Max. So I did that and um, he said, doesn't matter, Mum. You know, this is what the government will do to us. And they'll continue doing that to us until the day we die. So that is my journey that I've taken on. So um, I went down and I did challenge them in, at Centrelink and asked them, you know, this is not who we are or what we are, you know. We are human beings like everyone else. So I um, just stood there for a while and I looked around and I thought, you know, there's a lot of interstate workers coming into Centrelink. Never knew an Aboriginal person or never seen an Aboriginal person in their life. But here they were in, dressed in black suits and their briefcase. And I said, our people look, you know, stand in a line. It's just like a, a mob of our cattle going to drink water when the sun goes down. So that's what's my first image of what the intervention done to our people. So from that day onwards, I continued to speak up about the intervention, writ letters to Darwin, things like that. Um, I know it's not as easy, it's a bit easier now to speak about it because I think our, we're getting the word out there all, all this time and travelling down to Canberra and talking to them about um, the intervention and we were the only ones at the time as Aboriginal people. Non-Aboriginal people weren't put on the intervention. They weren't quarantined their pension. And we were given a green card, the basic card, but we call that the, our basic human rights. 
To them it was a green card, but to us it was our basic human rights. But we always had our rights as Aboriginal people down and handed down from our parents to have a right and to have a say. I continued to go to Canberra and um, travel down in the old bush bus, just letting others know that this has happened to us in the Northern Territory. It's going to happen to you out there, every other state. But we were the only ones at the time to be put on intervention. And at the time, you must probably have heard that Jenny Macklin's just retired. Um, she was our Indigenous um, politician then at the time. And she used to come to Dallas and travel and talk, you know, but they were only words. To, but to us, it was more than just words. So anyway, we travelled a lot down to Canberra, the first one we went down, and um, there's an old lady that lived out of one of the communities, and she used to run um, programs for children that were into um, drugs or things like that. And uh, beautiful old lady, she's still alive, she's still fighting the cause out at Yindamu, a little community out on Old Springs. And uh, she was given a, a, medallion, a medallion to say that she, this is the work that she'd done out on this community. As he said to us, you know what, I'm going to get this medallion back. Because I felt that she felt like she didn't deserve it. But we just said to her, no, you hang on to that. You deserve it more than where, where it's going to go back to. And she did. We got to keep going and never give up. Never, ever give up hope. And this is why we're all here today to speak up of now our young children and that are coming up, you know, to make the, keep them safe from what we had to go through when the end of intervention came, took place in 2008. Thank you. Elaine Nawe Peckham speaking powerful words about the many struggles she fights for justice and future generations. In today's radioactive show, you've heard from members of the strong grandmothers of the Central Desert region who were speaking to the 2018 SOS conference in Melbourne in early July. Thanks again to the grandmothers for sharing their stories. And to support and find out more about the group, you can find them on Facebook as Strong Grandmothers of the Central Desert region. You can also find a group they are allied with, Shut Youth Prisons Mbantua. The song throughout today's show has been Hearts Are Hungry by Eddie Donald and the Transients from an album they recorded in Alice Springs and can be found on SoundCloud. This has been The Radioactive Show, produced in the studios of 3CR in Fitzroy, Melbourne and heard nationally on the Community Radio Network. We'd like to thank the Anti-Nuclear and Clean Energy Collective at Friends of the Earth Melbourne for their support. We can be found on Facebook under Radioactive or leave a message at 3CR 03 9419 8377. You can podcast our shows at www.3cr.org.au. I'm Emma Crunch and thanks for listening. Finally, we'll go out with Christine Nawe Palmer reading the words of a song written by Kira Vola. 
we went to, us grandmothers went to Canberra and we were there on Sorry Day. And I just want to um, read out um, young Kira, um, Dylan's sister, wrote a song and she sang it that day, that morning as well, but I can't sing. So this is the words um, of her song that she sang for the grandmothers. There's a mother somewhere fighting. There's a love that's slowly dying. Mothers fighting for their children, trying to prove that they still love them to a system that is flawed. Why can't you see what you're doing? Can't you see the hurt you cause? Always playing games, always telling lies, making more statistics out of innocent lives. I will net not let you become just another one. I will not sit back and watch another child being lost in the system. I will fight, I will support you, I'll do everything I can do to give you life like you deserve. Somewhere out there, mother's crying, slowly dying on the inside. But she won't let the pain surface until she gets what she deserves. Her baby's back, safe in her arms, where she can keep them safe from harm. Stolen children, stolen lives. How do you sleep at night? You gotta pay, you got a paycheck, is it worth it? Somewhere out there, children walking, trying to find a way home. You tell them lies like, like they're not welcome, like their mothers ain't crying alone. Somewhere out there, children crying, trying to find their place in this world. But how can they find where they belong if you took them from everything they know? But you got a paycheck. Tell me, is it worth it? Can't believe you get paid for that. Stolen children, stolen lives. How do you sleep at night? You got a paycheck. Tell me, is it worth it? Can't believe you get paid for that. And that was written by Kira Voller.